Hey folks, it's Chris with The Human Project. I am really excited for this episode because this is something I've been wrestling with for a while now. And I had a moment of realization during this episode about how I've been trying to balance this need for dependence on God and our personal responsibility as human beings. Mark and I have a great conversation about it, and I hope and trust that it's helpful for you as well. If you're trying to ask questions like, how do I act in this moment? How do I walk with God? How do I depend on him for goodness? So take a listen and really let us know what you think in the comments. We'd love to hear uh, afterwards, and we'll talk to you after the episode. Hi, Mark. Hey there, Chris. How's it going? It is. It's going well. Very well. How about you? Doing really well. I am. I say this about every episode, I feel like, but this one is really like the key episode to me so far of what yeah. we've done. You've been talking about this for a while. It's really been something in your in your heart and your brain for a good bit here. Yeah, it's something I've been wrestling with for a long, long time. And it is how does dependence on God mm -hmm. work with our personal responsibility? And my question hasn't been one of like theology, like God's sovereign will and our ability to choose as humans and all of that stuff. Like as interesting as that is, that's yeah. not what you're on. Yeah, okay. I would like to park that for this conversation. Okay. And you and I have had conversations about this. Yeah. But we said, let's try it. Let's put it on the podcast yeah. and see where it goes. So I like to think of it, and maybe this is part of my flaw, is we talk a lot about continuums. Yeah. And this one I'm not so sure is on a continuum. Hmm. Like I used to really, really think it is. Okay. Uh, dependence on God on one side and our responsibility on the other side and all of these gradients in between. Uh, for example, uh, we've heard probably the, the, I think it's an old pastor's tale or something. Uh, there was this guy that was out at sea and he fell off of his boat. The boat continued going and he starts drowning. He prayed, God, God, uh, save me, save me. And uh, another boat comes along and it's like, hey, do you need any help? And the guy's like, no, no, God will save me. <laughs> and so the boat keeps going on. And then a helicopter comes by. They shout down, hey, do you need help? And he's like, no, no, God will save me. And then a couple other things happen. And the guy drowns. And then the pastor story goes. Right. The guy's standing at the, the pearly gates. And, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, Peter asks him, he's like, hey, what, what happened there? Or the guy asks the guy asks, why didn't God save me? He's like, dude, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What else did you want? Yeah. That kind of that kind of story. That's on one side. Like, God will save me. God will save yeah, me. I'm just going to wait for that. Yeah. Now I will just wait. Wait on the Lord, which is actually biblical. Yeah. So I'm curious how those two things reconcile. Then all the way on the far side is like, I have to do everything. Like, it's all up to me. Everything is my responsibility. No involvement from God. Like, I'm pressing forward. Very counter to what we talked about in the last, one of our last episodes around. Um, yeah, it's like holding goals tightly was an example. Yeah, of, of holding how goals. To do that poorly, I guess you'd say. 
very counter to our last episode of holding goals tightly versus allowing God to, to intervene. And then somewhere in the middle, and I'm sure maybe these two ends of the continuum touch. Maybe it's a circle. I don't know. Really messing up our mental models right now. <laughs> but the phrase like, God helps those that help themselves. Mm. And then all of, all of the other common things you hear related to this. So Interesting. this has been a wrestle of mine. Yeah. Just asking like, what does, what does good look like? Because a lot of this comes in when I'm thinking about the future, thinking about like our business, about ministry that we're working in, all of those things like tend to to pile on together. So like a real practical example that I've seen um, some people have take very different approaches on, both attempting to walk out what they feel is a biblical perspective is, um, say, saving for retirement. Some people saying like, oh, it's it's prudent, it's wise, it's responsible mm-hmm. for me to save part of my income for retirement. Yep. And others to say like, God will, there's nothing about retirement, you know, in scripture, mm-hmm. God will take care of me. I'm investing everything he's given me right now in helping other people. Yeah. Right? And, and it's hard to argue necessarily with either of those from a biblical perspective. There's, there is truth, definitely truth in each of those. Yeah. They seem though at the extremes of the, of the alternatives, I guess you'd say, yeah. of how to hold a responsible or be dependent on God. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. There's like, I think of like the guy that builds a bigger and bigger storehouse mm-hmm. for his grain in scripture. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but what a storm happens or something along those lines and famine. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. No, no. Now I'm thinking of Joseph in the old Testament. Never mind. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Seven years, famines, cows, corn, <laughs> all of that was involved. Um, but yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of stories like that in scripture where people are putting their hope and putting their trust in something in the future. And there's a motivation factor that comes into play. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of sorted that one out. Hmm. Like, am I doing this for myself? So I feel more comfortable in the future Mm -hmm. or am I doing this because I feel like it's obedient to God and I'm. Wow. trying to listen to him with us. And that's an ongoing prayer. Maybe that's all that it is. Yeah. Maybe it's as simple as that. But I feel like I tend to overcomplicate it in my brain where I feel like there's this this happy spot that I need to just be at beyond motivation and it leads to action. So I don't know yeah. what that is. And I'm curious if our listeners have felt something similar. of Like what is my responsibility in this situation versus how do I depend on God in this situation? Yeah. Things like that. I think certainly seeing people handle it differently than I do challenges me. Uh, People that I trust, I'll qualify that. Seeing people I trust deal with it differently than I do biblically is an appropriate challenge to my thinking and my belief system even. And one thing that you just said seems like... um, harder than it sounds to put into a sentence to me anyway how do you um, recognize when you are doing things from wanting to feel comfortable right when that's the motive and then when you're in the midst of that how do you hear god's direction when you have something likely screaming in your ear so to speak in your thoughts going but you have to feel comfortable you need to have control of the situation how do you how do you still quiet and hear what God wants you to do in that, which might be that, or it might be something very different that feels uncomfortable. 
So you just mentioned a minute ago something I think might be worth exploring because I am challenged by it, certainly. When you have something that you you know, you you feel like you have to go do, you have to take responsibility for maybe like, oh my gosh, I need to go control this. I need to go do this thing. You mentioned it, you know, for your own comfort as your motivation. How do you find a way to hear God in the midst of that when there's something screaming in your ear, go do this. You need to do this to feel comfortable, but you need to go listen to God and hear what he has to say about it. I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question. I can walk through some of the thought processes that I've had and some things that have helped me along the way. Sure. An example was we had a prayer night for our ministry, and um, Pastor Jamie, uh, mm-hmm. Pastor's Marymount Church, um, talked about a time that David was at war, and he had a tactic that uh, he prayed with God with. God called him to that. He followed that tactic, and it worked. They had like an overwhelming victory, mm-hmm. and then almost the exact same situation was happening. I think it was maybe was the exact same situation or something very similar to it. And he stopped and he prayed and he asked God, like, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? I still remember that mm-hmm. of like, even if something works, we don't base it on the success of what came of what we want, whether we would define it as a success. David was so in tune with, with God in that moment that he wanted to make sure, mm-hmm. like, God, do you want me doing the same thing or a different thing? And I think he ended up doing a different thing. Yeah. Counterintuitive. Yeah. Totally different than the last time. And I think that's one thing. The other that's really helped me is a book. <laughs> By Kevin DeYoung. Uh, it's a book called Just Do Something. Because I think um, you've talked in prior episodes about how your uh, default stance is Yes. Mm-hmm. When people ask you to do something right. or involvement in something, my default stance is no. I'm like, you got to convince me that it's worth my okay. time and energy. And maybe that's just arrogance. But it was really helpful for me to get over the fact that I don't need to pick the perfect thing to do every single time. Like, mm-hmm. God works beyond me. and He works beyond what I choose to do or how I choose to interact with a situation. And as long as it is... Like in prayer, as long as it's something that's not counter to biblical standards, yeah. if it's pro-biblical standards and you've gotten counsel for it, like those are the four checkpoints. Like just do it. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like and obviously thought yeah. goes into it as well. God gave us a rational brain for a reason. Right. So that's, I think, long way of answering your question of some things that have helped me. How do I involve God with the things that um, I'm feeling like I need to do? Or Some of that sounds like it would lessen the weight of taking action. Like you were saying, just do something. If, even if it's not perfect, if it seems to fall within these constraints, it doesn't have to be perfect. God will work. As you said, he's, he's working at a higher level. He can work with this. And he can correct me. And and the other part of that sounded like habitual. I'm, I'm going to constantly be trying to go back to, to God so that I'm in the habit of asking him, where are you going now? Where What are you doing now? Yeah, yeah. I think it's more the, the process that you follow, which is interesting because I don't feel like I've had a good answer to this question for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And as we're talking about it, 
I'm feeling more at peace with this conversation than I ever have. Wow. Which is weird because I'm like, okay, I feel like this is kind of resolved in my mind. Yeah, I think that's something that's really helpful is thinking about the freedom that we have in order to act. And I think it, it really is a lot about motivation. And as I'm talking my way through it, I'm realizing, like, I feel more at peace with this conversation than I have in a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it has been sort of resolved. And I think where that resolution is, is realizing that it's really not a continuum like how we typically tend to think of things. Yeah. So how do you see it as different? We're usually talking about a continuum of two extremes and finding balancing points somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Or this looks different to you. How is that? Well, I got a visual of these two ends of the continuum touching. Oh, Okay. Like they are in sync. Not like bye bye bye. But um, that's so scary. My brain did the same exact thing when you said that. I could see it too. That's why why I keyed <laughs> off of it. I just knew you had bye 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 loaded up in your in your head. Oh, sad. We've worked together too long. <laughs> but I think we like you mentioned. We tend to find like where's the gray between black on one side, white on the other side, what's the, what's the gray area mm-hmm. or what's the, the happy medium? This, I don't feel like there is a happy medium. It's 100% for both. Mm. It's 200%. Uh, that's not how math works, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's why I've wrestled with it for so much. Mm. It's, we are fully responsible for our actions. Like God has called us to do very specific things and it's our job and our duty to continue to walk closer and closer with him in it. And I think that's the key for the dependent side too. It's mm-hmm. our duty yeah. to walk closer and closer with him. Yeah. Like that's the, the same sentence, but you can emphasize one or the other. And really it's emphasizing both. Mm. It's our duty to act and walk closer with him and everything that we do and, and prayer and um, checking in and processes and the community around us. And it seems to me like where we're talking about this, that there aren't, um, as many parameters or rules we could place around it, such as, I'll just give you an example, taking no action is not necessarily not being responsible because it could be that God's saying, wait right here. Yeah. It could also be completely irresponsible to just stand there and not take any action if God wants you to move. I mean, the principles or parameters around it are different, it seems like. Here, I think, is the the shift that's happened for me over the last year and a half. And building on top of your point, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. I think what's shifted for me is I've been afraid. I've been paralyzed by I could do the exact same action yeah. and it'd be exactly what God wants or it could be okay. the exact same action, absolutely not what God wants. Yeah. And I think there's been this fear element for me that's come into play. And I'm realizing that, like, again, we've talked about this before, the same things we know, but we need to internalize. Right. Like, God is good. Yeah. God is wanting us to do the right thing. God is calling us to do the right thing. Like, God is Father, my almost two-year-old and now my Mm one-month-old. Like, I want good things for them. Yeah. Any action they take towards me, wonderful thing and I get overjoyed and went God is the exact same way with us yeah and there is I think freedom is a great word I I think I've mentioned it several times Mm. but it's a great word for this because 
as long as our motivation and our desire is towards God and we are in line with biblical standards, then God's going to celebrate that, which sounds wrong. It sounds too easy. Yeah. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it. I'm reminded of the parable of the the talents. Hmm. Yeah. In this. Because there's a, a bit of a twist in that story that's really intriguing about it. Um, just quickly recapping that. So, you know, the, a, a master gives three of his uh, head servants, I guess you'd say, some things to take care of while he's gone. Uh, two of them that have the most decide to invest it. One decides to bury it so that he protects it. And when the master returns, the two who have invested it come back and say, here you go, you gave me 10, you gave me five, whatever it is, I have invested it and therefore I've doubled it. Now, it's easy to read that, say like, when they get you know, thanked, <laughs> rewarded by the master, it's because they doubled it. That's not actually what he says. He says, way to go, good and faithful servant. And the real key is when you see what he says to the one who buried it. And it's not because he didn't double it. Mm-hmm. Because what the, what the servant says that had the one talent, the little bit, is that said, I buried this because I know you are harsh. You're demanding. And so here is exactly what you handed to me. I'm handing it back to you. I protected it. Yeah. And, and the, ma- the master's like, you don't know me. That's, that's the way I would translate his response. You don't know me. He calls him wicked, wicked. he calls him lazy. And you don't know, you don't know my heart. It's not necessarily that bearing it was the bad thing. It's that he did it out of fear, mm-hmm. right? That he, because he didn't really know who, who his master was. I think what you're talking about is we know our father's heart. The more we know that, then the actions that we're going to take in response to his great love for us are things that he will say, well done, good and faithful servant, even when they are not uh, perfect per se but they are done because God loves us so much. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, this is something we've talked about before, mm. the parable of the talents yeah. with us. And that I think it was also a really pivotal moment for me to realize, like, I have been viewing God as, as hard. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy to do that. Just look at any, anything in the old Testament. Yeah. Look at anything and look at, look at, any theology mm-hmm. and there's there's justice mm-hmm. and it's really easy to look at that side of God without looking at the other side of love as well and I think our duty our responsibility and our joy in doing it is how do we get to know God better Mm-hmm. So that we can better act in those in those situations, right? Because I, I think another way of looking at the parable of the talents is, well, what's my talent, and how do I mm-hmm. duplicate it, or yeah. whatever? And uh, it's it's a good question, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the main point of of the parable of what Jesus is saying there. Like you said, it's it's know me, come to me. I am a good master. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's very freeing. And I think the shift that it enables in us when we view God that way is instead of viewing our responsibilities of like being responsible 
for something, like the outcome, mm-hmm. we're responsible to, which is praying, biblical standards, community, and just thinking, <laughs> thinking through the potential uh, consequences of something. I would say, and the thinking thing is really all that he's made me to be and yeah. what he's taught me. There's a reason why he's done that. Yep. I want to use that most effectively for his kingdom purposes. Yeah. And I think that has been the trip up for me in the past. I want to use what God has given me because I feel like God has given me so much. I am I am blessed beyond measure. Yeah. Like I think of my my extended family, I think of my friends, I think of my immediate family, my wife, my daughters. Like the fact that we get to do this, mm-hmm. we get to have fun talking about stuff that we enjoy yeah. talking about, yeah. the fact that we like our jobs, all of this stuff. Like I'm like if I ever stop and think about it, I just get overwhelmed. Oh my God, you've given me so much. Now how do I how do I pay you back? And I don't think that's a helpful question. Mm-hmm. I think it is healthy for us to acknowledge the joy of what God has given us. Yeah. And so it frees us up to be able to act and know him better so that we can continue to walk with him. Which is what he so deeply desires. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as we've been talking about this, at least in my mind, we've been talking a bit about the responsibility side of things and trying to mm. hold that well. Yeah. What about the de- dependence side of it? Is just not so we're not skipping over that because that is yeah. critical as, of this as well. And in your analogy, they're not two ends of the spectrum, but instead maybe things that we have to hold in both of our hands mm. at the same time. I think the dependence is that constant communication with him, like desire to know him, desire to rest on him, mm-hmm. and desire to not try and prove ourselves. Hmm. Mm. Like in the parable of the talents, I think it's not it's not the outcome. It's knowing who our master is. Yeah. I think it's just a different lens of looking at the same thing. Okay. Which as I'm talking now, like I said, I've been wrestling this for the last 18 months, two years. Yeah. And I don't think it's been it's been clearer than it is now. Yeah. It does become a challenge oftentimes in the middle of really difficult decisions, uh, especially even in ones where they look like one-way doors, as, as you've taught me mm-hmm. from uh, other authors and books that you've read where, yeah, it's really hard to reverse that. How do you make a decision in that? It seems like there's more weight on those decisions and still the same principles apply. Yeah. We're fully dependent on God. He is, you know, we're the branches. He's the vine. Yeah. Pretty clear. And we have a responsibility also. On the vine and branches. Yeah. It, that uh, verse ends with, for apart from me, you can do some things. Nothing. Oh, nothing. Yeah. John 15, 5, my favorite verse yeah. in the Bible. I thought it was John 10, 10. I just learned something. I do like John 10, 10 as well. <laughs> yeah. The thief comes only to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Yeah. Yeah. Both wonderful verses. All right. Let's not, let's not put those verses up in a throw down here. They're yeah. Both excellent all right. ones. <laughs> March Madness with those verses. Both emerge as winners. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, sorry, I interrupted you where you were going with that. I don't remember where I was going. I'm sorry. That's fine. But you're talking about the vine, dependence. Like we are grafted in with that. And there's nothing else that we can do. Apart apart from from him. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we, we need to be dependent on him. And it's our joy to be dependent on him because he is the source of all life. Yeah. So it, it can free us up as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's freeing. It's, it's, it keeps coming back to that word, freedom. And God has given us so much freedom to operate within and desire to love us and just have us pursue him. This seems countercultural in American culture today. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Dependence is a weakness in most cases. Yeah. Responsibility is is the thing. Yeah. Like be completely self-reliant, wholly responsible is lauded very greatly. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a future episode on busyness. Oh, okay. Stay tuned. Yeah. Excellent. But yeah, for wrapping this up, when you think about dependence and responsibility, you're fully responsible and you need to be fully dependent on God. And God revels in that. God loves that. Just like a, a any good parent would. We went a very different direction than I thought we would go with this episode. So I'm curious, listeners, um, we'll leave a spot for comments at the end or questions at the end. Curious to hear your thoughts on this episode. What was helpful? What was confusing? <laughs> Where else you would go with this? Where else you'd go with this? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. yeah. Great call out. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in today. Behind the mics, you've got myself, Chris Conlon, and Mark Wavell, and our lead editor is Derek Donnelly. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit. Most of what we do is free because of your generous support. Thank you for joining us and our mission to bring a million lives closer to fullness in God's design. To support us financially or to learn more, visit humanproject.us. We'll see you next episode.